Well, amen. I'm sure glad that he loves us this morning. Amen. We, we are blessed in the love of God. And I appreciate the Sunday school lesson this morning in the men's session here with Brother Norman, just talking about God's love for us and in us and through us. Amen. And I, I'm glad that he loves me. And I don't deserve that, and you don't either, but he loves us in spite of us. Amen. And I'm thankful for that today. And the only thing I don't like about Brother Norman, I wish I had his voice. Amen. He's just got that, that rich, deep, bass voice. And I got this little sissified, raspy voice. And the whole time he's talking, I'm like, what's the deal, Lord? But anyway, it takes all kinds, amen. <laughs> we'll take your Bible this morning. Let's go to the Gospel of Matthew in chapter number 11. Matthew chapter number 11, and I realize we got food waiting for us here in just a little bit, but we'll try to give you some spiritual food from the Word of God for a few minutes this morning. Book of Matthew chapter number 11, and this meeting has come and gone very quickly, and uh, they usually do, but we'll be heading out in the morning, headed to Bel Air, Maryland, just north of Baltimore. We'll be there for all of the rest of this week, and then we'll go from there to Bloomsburg, Pennsylvania, and so pray for us. Leaving this nice warm weather, and probably going to be a little cooler up there, so that's how it goes this time of year. Matthew chapter 11, we'll begin reading in verse number 28. Jesus said this in verse 28, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Aren't you glad Jesus can give rest this morning? Verse 29, he says, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. I'd like to preach this morning for a few minutes on the call of Christ. The call of Christ, just as he was calling here in Matthew chapter number 11, He's still calling in 2023. Uh, in 1917, the United States got involved in World War I, and when that happened, there was a poster board that went up in storefronts all across the United States of America, and it was a picture of Uncle Sam pointing his finger. You've all seen that at some point. You didn't see it in 1917, but you've seen a picture of it. Uncle Sam wants you. And that was a plea for young men to get involved in the war effort to fight. And can I say this morning that Jesus Christ wants you? Each and every one of you here this morning, I mean young man, young lady, older folks, it doesn't matter. Amen. It doesn't matter what color you are, what age group you are. Amen. What your creed is in life. What, what, it doesn't matter what side of the tracks you grew up on. Amen. Jesus Christ wants you and he's calling for you today. You know what he's calling today? If you're lost, he wants you to get born again. He wants you to be saved. Amen. If you are saved, he wants you to get in the service of the Lord. He wants you to fight in the army of God. Amen. And be a good soldier of the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe he's calling God's children today. He's calling us to rise above the norm of society and just, you know, normal Christianity. He wants us to rise above that and be a holy, set-apart people. Amen. That'll do something for God. 
God and make a difference in a dark world. Let me give you three thoughts and I'm done this morning. Number one, we see the making of a disciple. In verse 28, read it again. It said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I believe that verse right there deals with the matter of salvation. And that's where the Christian life all begins. It it begins at that moment of salvation. So many people, they they, they get the cart before the horse. They're trying to do all these other things. I I have a very similar testimony to yours, Brother McPike, where I made a profession of faith when I was about four years old. I got baptized. I, I went to Christian school. But I was 19 years old before it finally got real, before I got saved. I was trying all these other things but only Jesus saves notice the plea he gives in verse 28 he says come unto me not a church not a specific denomination not the baptistry he said come unto me You know what Brother McPike was testifying? He, he, like me, he was trying these other things. Praying this particular prayer. Getting dunked in the baptistry. All these different things. But Jesus says, come unto me. Salvation is in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ and nothing else. Now, now let me clarify. After you get saved, amen, you ought to follow the Lord in believer's baptism. That's, that's that first step of obedience. But it does not save you. It doesn't add anything to your salvation. It's just a testimony to others of what Jesus Christ has done. That's why we call it believer's baptism. I think we got some, maybe not today, uh, but you got some that are in line to get baptized, amen, and you called it the other night, believer's baptism. Because it's something that is for people that have already believed and been saved. I believe after you get saved, you ought to join up with a local church. Amen. Join a church. Get involved. Amen. We're for that, but that does not save you. Uh, Amen. As far as denominations go, a denomination doesn't save you. Being a Baptist does not make you saved. Now, I recommend a Baptist denomination. (laughs) The sign outside did say Friendship Baptist Church. Amen. But being a Baptist won't get you to heaven. Right. Uh, only Jesus Christ can take care of that. And the invitation is still extended. He says, come unto me. He hasn't taken back that invitation. It still stands today. If you need to be saved, he puts out that plea to come unto him. Not only that, notice the people in verse 28. He says, come unto me all. All ye that labor and are heavy laden. That includes everybody. There's not a a man, woman, boy, or girl, amen, on the face of this planet uh, that ever has been or ever will be, amen, that Jesus Christ does not want to see saved. I mean, even some of the most wicked, vile people, some of the most wicked leaders and rulers that we could look at throughout history and even presently today uh, that have led nations and and, and countries and different things, He wants those people to be saved. Amen. Even with the wicked things that they've done, amen, the invitation extends to all. You say, preacher, you don't understand. I've got sin in my life. Well, why don't you bring your sin to Jesus Christ? Amen. And let him put it under the blood. He can give you a brand new start today. Amen. You don't have to stay in that mess. You don't have to stay in that condition. He wants to give you a brand new life and he can do it. Amen. You say, preacher, I've got doubts. Bring your doubts to Jesus and let him give you some assurance this morning. You say, preacher, I've got addictions, whether it's drugs or alcohol, whatever it may be. I've 
got addiction problems, bring it to Jesus, amen. He'll put you on a new high, amen. He'll fix you up with something that'll last, amen. You say, preacher, I've got bitterness. I got hurt, maybe in my home or maybe even in a church. And I'm just dealing with bitterness. Hey, bring it to Jesus. He'll give you joy unspeakable. And full of glory. He'll give you peace that passeth all understanding. And he's the only one that can do that. You say, preacher, I'm, I'm religious this morning. Well, you're probably in the worst shape of all of us. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I got religion. Yeah, but do you know Jesus? We were, we were in Mexico several years ago and I was talking with a young man. He asked me what I do. do. I said, well, I'm a, I'm a preacher. I'm a minister. He said, oh, oh yes, we are very religious in Mexico. I said, oh, okay, yeah. I said, I said, you know what religion will do for you? He said, what? I said, nothing. <laughs> religion apart from Jesus Christ will do absolutely nothing for you. Amen. But you can bring whatever your issues are to Jesus Christ. Yes. He'll give you a brand new life. Amen. A brand new start. He'll give you things that this old world cannot give you. Amen. But then notice the promise he said in verse number 28. He says, and I will give you rest. He wants to give you something that money can't buy. He wants to give you something. You can't get it at Walmart. You can't get it down at Dollar General. You can't even get this on Amazon. He wants to give you rest. And he, the, the kind of rest that he offers this morning, you ain't even going to get it with a my pillow. And I like my my pillow. <laughs> but I'm talking about this morning the kind of rest that Jesus gives. This kind of rest cannot be obtained with money. It cannot be obtained by working. So many people and so many denominations and religious groups teach that, you know, in order to be saved and have eternal life with Jesus, you've got to work, you've got to do this, and you've got to do that, and don't do this, and, and all these different things. That, that's working. Yeah. You, don't, you don't find rest by working. Jesus says, come unto me, all ye that, are lab- that, that, that labor and are heavy laden, I will give. Yeah. He says, I will give you rest. That word give emphasizes the grace of God. Because the Pharisees and the legalizers of Christ's day, they all said, do this and do that. But Jesus just simply says, come. Come to me and I'll give you. I'll give you. That, that's the making of a disciple. Let me ask you today, what are you trusting to get you to heaven? Are you trusting Jesus? Are you trusting some man-made religion? Are you trusting a denominational title? Are you trusting your own good works? When you stand before God one day at the judgment seat, He's not looking for your good works and good deeds. He's not looking for how much money you put in the offering plate. He's not looking, amen, for the life you live. He's looking for one thing, and that's the blood of His Son, Jesus Christ, on your soul. Amen. The making of a disciple. But then secondly, this morning, we see the ministry of the disciple. Notice verse 29. He says, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. Now, I believe verse 28, again, it deals with salvation. Verse 29 deals with service. Our service for the Lord. Now, let me say again, we are not saved by works. Amen. Amen. But we are saved to work. 
after you get saved, after you get a relationship with Jesus Christ, He does want you to do something for Him. He wants you to get involved in the labor and the work of the Lord and the ministry. But notice it's a decision that we all have to make. He said in verse 29, Take my yoke upon you. In other words, He's going to make you do it. He's not going to force this yoke upon you. He's not going to do that. It's a decision that we all have to make. We was talking about giving last night. Giving in the work of missions. And we pointed out that Paul said, not that I've commanded. He said, I'm not forcing you to give to the work of missions. I just want to let you know the need. And express not only how needful it is, but how you're going to be blessed for it. Amen. And you know what? God is not going to force you to serve Him. But He wants you to know you'll live a better and a blessed life if you do. It's a decision. And you say, well, I don't want to be bound by a yoke. I don't like this yoke business. I don't like this labor business. You know, everybody, everybody today on this planet is bound by some yoke or another. You are bound by a yoke whether you realize it or not. Many today are bound by the yoke of Satan. They're just, I mean, they're doing everything that Satan would bid them do. And a lot of them don't even realize that they're going through life just being led by the devil himself and they don't even realize it. They think they're having fun. They think they're enjoying a wonderful life but they don't even realize they are bound down by the yoke of the devil himself. Many today are bound by the yoke of society. Whatever, whatever the world tells them to do. Whatever they see on Instagram and TikTok and social media. Whatever the latest fad coming out of L.A. or Hollywood or, or the clothing. Whatever it may be. I mean, whatever the music industry tells them to do, they just fall in line and do it. You're bound by a yoke of society. You can't even think for yourself. Amen. Many today are bound by the yoke of sin. Man, you think about how many people this weekend, even right here in Myrtle Beach, have spent this weekend just getting drunk, doped up out of their mind. They won't remember. They'll talk about, oh, that was so fun. What'd you do? I don't remember. Well, that sounds like a good time. Man, people call me a fuddy-duddy and old school because I believe in abstaining from drinking and dope and those guys. Well, you know, I mean, this, that. They, I mean, you know, everybody, everybody in America knows at least two verses. One, they know judge not. They don't know where it's at in the Bible and they don't know what the rest of the verse says. They just know there's a verse there that says judge not. And then Jesus turned water to wine. They all know that one. But it was not fermented wine. Amen. Read your Bible. Do a little study on it. You'll figure that out real quick. Amen. Everybody's bound by some kind of a yoke. Nobody, nobody that is a drunk today ever thought when they took that first drink of alcohol that 10, 20 years later they would be an alcoholic. That their family would be gone, their home busted to pieces because of alcohol. Nobody that's sitting in a prison cell today because of a, because of a, a drunken accident, they never would have thought when they got drunk, they never would have thought when they took that first drink as a teenager or whenever it was, that, that would, that's what it would lead to. Nobody that ever took that first hit of dope, they never would have thought that it would land them in a crack house years later with their body about wasted away, their money all gone, their family gone. They never would have thought that's where that that sin would take them to. But that is what sin does. It paints a very pretty picture. 
picture up front. It looks appealing on the surface, but it does not show you the end results. Telling you the devil's been around a long time. He knows what he's doing. I say he knows what he's doing. And he's deceived so many today, and he's still doing it. And he'll do it until the end of this thing. But you don't have to be deceived by it. I'm saying everybody's bound by some kind of a yoke. I'd rather just get in the yoke with Jesus. And say, Lord, I want to serve you. I want to live for you. I just want to do your will. Notice the development in verse 29. He says, take my yoke upon you. And then he says, and learn of me. What are you going to learn about him in this yoke? He says, that I am meek and lowly in heart. You know what happens when you get saved and you just submit your life totally to Jesus Christ? You're not going to find that he's some overlord just waiting to beat you upside the head all the time. And he does have a way of, hey man, he chastens his children when we need it. But he's not just sitting up in heaven. He's not some old man with a long white beard. Some of y'all think God looks like that Oak Ridge boy with the long white beard. And you think he's got some kind of rod, just, I mean, ready just to whack you upside the head. Why do you think that? What kind of life are you living that would make you think that's the way God is? He says, I am meek and lowly in heart. But you don't find that out till you get saved and submit your life to him. And you know what you'll find out then? You'll find out that even when you do mess up, even when you do fail God, and we do, I'm talking, about, I'm talking about Christians. I'm talking about people that have already been saved. We still have our bad days. We still have our days, amen, when we fail. Amen. I know some of you, you got your suit jacket, jacket on, amen, and you, you got your halo on this morning looking real good, and I, you got your Sunday best on, but amen, you fail God. You fail God. I fail God more than I care to admit. But if you just get saved and submit yourself to him, even though, even when you do mess it up. Yeah. Brother Earl Hughes, the old mountain preacher, he used to say, just grab that hickory hickory stick. Some of you older folks know what that means. Yeah. Some of this new, this new generation, they're like, what's that? <laughs> all, you, all you know is time out. Yeah. Some of us, we, we, we know what the hickory stick is. Yeah. We, know, we know what it means to go out behind the woodshed. Yeah. Brother Earl Hughes said, just grab the hickory stick and bring it to the Lord Lord, and say, go ahead, Lord, give me a good and I deserve it. Yeah. Yeah. He said, he may lay the hickory stick down and just love you up in his arms because he says, I am meek and lowly. That's the ministry of the disciple. He's got something for you to do. From the, from the youngest to the oldest, he's got something for you to do. Now maybe, maybe you're an older saint of God in here this morning and, and maybe your body won't let you get out here and do the things that, that you used to be able to do and that you wish you still could. But He's got something you can do. That's right. Amen. You never get too old to pray. You, you never get too weak and feeble that you can't spend some time in prayer praying for these missionaries, praying for us. Amen. I appreciate the people of God. Some of, some of my greatest prayer warriors are just some little old ladies around the country. Yeah that pray there might not be a whole lot else they can do but they pray and I appreciate the prayers of God's people the ministry of the disciple quit telling God you can't quit making excuses then lastly this morning I want you to notice the motivation of the disciple what, what motivates you to get saved and get in this yoke and do something for God What's the motivation? We ain't getting rich in this thing. 
There may be some other preachers out there that have figured out how to make money off this thing. I'm not trying to figure out how to make money in the ministry. It takes money. We understand that. But this ain't about getting rich. This ain't about being a celebrity. It's about doing something for God. It's about doing something and seeing some souls saved along the way. Seeing some homes and marriages get some help and, and peace back together. It's about seeing revival even in a dark, corrupt day. Amen. I, I say it's about helping people. What would motivate you to do that? What's the motivation? Again, I mean, I think for the most of the people I know, it's, it's not wealth. It's not just because we like running up and down the road all the time. I guess some people do. Every now and then I like to go home. I mean, Myrtle Beach is a pretty nice place. You vacationers, you would testify to that. You come here because you enjoy being here. I like to go home every now and then. We're, we're on the road 51 Sundays out of the year and somewhere between 40 and 45 weeks. I like to go home every now and then just sit on my front porch. Amen. Amen. But I'd rather do the will of God. That's more important. Hotels, they're nice. Condos are nice. That's nice, but it still ain't home. But I'd rather be in a strange bed in, in the will of God. My wife's a great cook. I like eating my wife's food. She's a great cook. But I don't get much of it because we're usually out on the road. And I appreciate the good food we've had here this week. and That's great. I appreciate that. But every now and then I like to eat her food. But you know what? The will of God is more important. That's more important. Verse 29, the very end of the verse it said, And ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I believe that deals with satisfaction. You say, what would motivate Brother Matt Gordon to, to be a pastor? Some of y'all, you think all he does is preach three times a week, Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon, and Wednesday night. You think that's all he does. You have no idea the time of study, the time of prayer he puts into the ministry. You, you have no idea what it's like to get calls at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning and go up to the hospital and go out to the cemetery and the funeral home and help you bury your loved ones. Amen. I, I'm telling you, say, what would motivate a man to do that? Somewhere along the way, he found out there's satisfaction in doing the will of God. Even when it's hard sometimes, there's satisfaction. Tell you what the Bible said here. It said it's peaceful. He said in verse 29, you shall find rest unto your souls. In verse 28, he says there's a rest that comes in just getting to know Jesus, getting saved. But then he says there, there's a further rest that comes when you just completely submit your life to the Lord. Yes. Isaiah 57, 21 said, There is no peace, saith my God, to the wicked. But there's peace in serving Jesus. Amen. I tell you, that, and this is deep, y'all, don't miss this. There's another thing that motivates me to serve God, and that's this. It's possible. Yes. It's something I can do. Look, y'all ain't going to believe this. I'm 43 years old. I ain't never going to be tall. It ain't happening. I gave up on that when I turned 40. <laughs> I'm growing out, but I ain't growing up. It's just not happening. But I tell you what I can do. I can, 
I'd come to a little church and sit down at the piano and try to be a blessing in a song. I can open up the Word of God and try to help somebody from the Word of God. He said there in verse number 30, For my yoke is easy. It's easy. That word easy there means it fits well. You know, when Jesus was on the earth, He was a carpenter. You know, He can design a yoke that will fit you perfectly. Again, quit telling God what you can't do. And just say, Lord, I submit to you. I'm willing whatever you'd have me to do. But I found out a long time ago, it's a pleasant thing just to get in the yoke and serve God. He said at the end of verse number 30, my burden is light. Oh, there's burdens that come with anything in life. And even in the ministry, there are burdens. Serving God, there are burdens along the way. But he says, my burden is light. When you compare your burden to the burden of the person that's out here just living for themselves and living in a sinful lifestyle, you look at their burdens and what they're carrying, you'll look back and say, man, his burden is light. He's calling today. When are you going to answer the call? Some of you, he's calling, but you, you keep ignoring him. I remember the old phone. Of course, I remember back. I remember back before call waiting and caller ID, all that stuff. I remember. I remember back before cell phones and cordless phones. Some of y'all, you remember that, don't? Some of y'all remember the old rotary phones that took you five minutes just to dial a local number. I remember mom, she'd be in the kitchen talking to one of her sisters for an hour, and when she got off the phone, she had to do this right here to get out of the cord. Y'all remember that? Then, then they came out with, with, with cordless phones, wireless phones. and Then they came out with caller ID. Before caller ID, you didn't know who was calling. And it was like, oh, who's this going to be? Then caller ID came out and you'd go, yeah, I don't want to talk to them. <laughs> and you'd ignore it or, or I'll call them back later when I have a little bit more time. Some of you, Christ has been calling for a while now. And you just keep saying, hmm, not today, Lord. Listen, sinner friend, one day it's going to be too late. You think you've got all the time in the world. Oh, I'm a young man. I'm a young lady. I've got, I've got my whole life ahead of me. Yeah, you do. You just don't know if it's 50 years or 50 minutes. There's not a one of us that's guaranteed to wake up and see the sun come up in the morning. Not one of us. But I tell you what you can know. You can know that you're saved and you're going to heaven when you die. Amen. If you don't know that today, it'd be a good day to answer the call. Don't wait. Don't wait till you're dead and in hell, suffering in torment. Yep. Be too late then. Yep. You can cry out all you want. I wish I would have answered. Yeah, but you can't now. Yep. But today you can. Today you can. Don't wait till it's too late. Some of you, you haven't answered that call for service yet. He's wanting you to do something. You keep making excuses. Yep. Well, let me get this figured out. Let me get this straight now. Let me get all my ducks in a row. By the time you get all your ducks in a row, it's going to be too late. Just answer the call. Do something for God. There's a third group here this morning. You're saved and you're serving God, but you're just not satisfied like you used to be. You're starting to look at the other side of the fence and say, man, the grass looks greener over there. And it probably is, but it's probably built over a septic tank or something over there. Just get in this thing and serve God and find satisfaction. Some of you, you're serving, but the joy just ain't there like it once was. Maybe you need to ease into this altar and say, Lord, give me my joy back. I want to serve you with joy and gladness. Let's stand our feet this morning. Our sister's going to come get us a song of invitation.